Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, a stimulating look at culture, current events, faith, and politics from a Christian and conservative point of view. We don't just talk on the radio, we blog too. Check us out at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Now grab a cup of coffee and join us. This is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. And welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is brought to you in part by Northside Cafe in Winterset. Just a short drive from Des Moines. Go check out Winterset's oldest cafe located right on the courthouse square. Mention Caffeinated Thoughts when you go in and you'll get a free crisp for dessert, which their crisp is awesome, I have to say. At least I've had their apple crisp. I can't speak to the rhubarb, and I think they've got a blueberry crisp. Uh, but if you like crisps, you know. Sounds delicious to me. Yeah, it's good. Absolutely. It's good. Um, and if you ever find yourself down in Winterset, it's uh, obviously easy to find right on the courthouse square. On the north side, go figure, north side <laughs> cafe, north side of the courthouse square. Yeah, right there, go in. Um, and again, don't forget to mention caffeinated thoughts, and you'll get a free crisp for dessert. So. This week, um, Kelvy and I went on a daddy-daughter thing. Um, she probably wouldn't call it. She'd probably like roll her eyes, Dad. I'm like, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm 20. And you're, I don't, we don't do daddy-daughter things. Uh, we went to see Wonder Woman. And, I, I, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect. I mean, I, I saw Batman versus Superman, and that got mixed reviews. Some people love you love it or you hate it. I actually liked the movie. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure they developed the uh, Diana Prince character very well because, you know, she was there and then suddenly she shows up as Wonder Woman. If you haven't seen the movie, I don't want to give any spoilers, but uh, it's like, mm, yeah, okay, uh, interesting. Um, I wasn't sure how the whole movie centered around her was going to go, but I have to tell you a, a couple things. One, I wasn't sure how well, you know, it would just the movie itself would go. Mm-hmm. Two, I was wondering how are they going to handle the strong female superhero? Um, because this could be like license for, uh, you know, ultra liberal, uh, you know, feminism. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, tear your bra off and burn it type <laughs> of <laughs> type of you know feminism. But it wasn't that. I was very impressed and Kelvy actually check out her article. She wrote an article at Caffeinated Thoughts on on Wonder Woman. She's like, this is what feminism's supposed to be about. I mean here you have this this uh Diana Princess of the Amazon who if you're familiar with the Wonder Woman character, you know, she's like the daughter of Zeus. Mm-hmm. Um so she didn't know that at the time, but you know she's she's this very powerful being, mm-hmm. and so she could like you know look at the guys around her. I'm going to smite you, you know. <laughs> um, but she, even though she was more powerful than the men around her, she treated them with respect, and and uh, but yet you know she's like you don't need to defend me. I can take mm-hmm. care of myself, yeah. independence. But yet I don't hate men. You know, and and, uh, and I thought that was real good balance. And, you know, I, I, I'm like, what what a I guess a, a good role model for uh, women who do seek to be independent. I, I, I I've trained, you know, I, I've tried to raise my daughters to be independent thinking women. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them, obviously, to if they become married, obviously, I do believe in in the husband is the leader of the household. But. You know, I, I, they, I, I think they need to have, you know, education. They need to be sta- able to stand on their own two feet and take care of themselves because, mm-hmm. well, who knows when they're going to get married. Right. 
And who knows if something, you know, ends up, uh, could end up happening to their husband down the road. Sure. Um, and, you know, I, I just think you look at Proverbs 31, and I think we've got the, I, I think some churches got the role of women completely wrong. Um, there, there's a submission, certainly, that, and I don't want to get too into the weeds in this, because it's like, Sometimes if you say stuff about this kind of topic on the fly, you end up saying the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> I guess some churches treat women or women are expected in that relationship be more like doormats. And I don't think that's the case at all. Absolutely not. Um, so they're to be the helpmates, but they respect their husband, but yet their husband's loving their wife as Christ loves the church and they're loving them sacrificially. So in a way that's kind of a form of, of submission because they're putting their wife's needs before themselves. And if their your husband does that submission's not a problem, man. Absolutely. You know? So, um, anyway, I, I was impressed with how wonder woman balanced those things out. And I have to say, this is probably one of my favorite DC, um, comic movies. Uh, so yeah, I, I was, I'm looking forward to justice league. They'll be coming out. I think next summer, uh, so that that'll be that'll be good. It's it's a good intro to that because then Batman and Wonder Woman will be working together along with Aquaman and mm-hmm. the Flash. And I don't know if anybody else is going to oh Cyborg or whatever. I can't remember what is that character's name. But anyway, mm-hmm. highly two thumbs up. Uh, Vanderhart seal approval. Go check out. Uh, <laughs> there you go. You got yeah. We'll say t- it's five coffee cups. Um, ah, five that's, coffee I like cups. that. That's yes. good. Absolutely. So, check out Wonder Woman. Well, hey, we had Comey Day. <laughs> at uh in the senate and i'm just realized we're down to like 11 minutes so i've got i've got lots of clips uh we're not gonna be able to play them all um i i do want to hit let's see comey he didn't read his his t- entire prepared remarks be summarized but i want to pl- you play clip one uh it kind of got got off to a rocky start a little bit and although the law required no reason at all to fire an fbi director the administration then chose to defame me, and more importantly, the FBI, by saying that the organization was in disarray, that it was poorly led, that the workforce had lost confidence in its leader. Those were lies, plain and simple. So we got off starting. Okay, Trump lied about the reason he fired. He lied about the FBI. Uh, I think uh, later on we heard something else I think that was vitally important. Uh, Go ahead and play clip two. By the way, we're going to talk to Jenna Ellis in the second segment. We're going to drill down on this more. So if we're rushing through it, don't worry. We're going to address Comey Day in depth. Um, So, yeah, clip two. I gather from all this that you're willing to say now that while you were director, the president of the United States was not under investigation. Is that a fair statement? That's correct. All right. So that's a fact that we can rely on at this. Yes, sir. Okay. So that was Senator Reich of Idaho, Republican, who I think had probably one of the better exchanges between uh, himself and Comey. It was interesting. John McCain, I actually didn't sit and watch his questioning, but I heard it was kind of painful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and weird um so maybe it's time for mccain i think to retire anyway mm-hmm. I, that that that's a whole different rabbit trail absolutely down uh i'm sure i i feel that way for t- completely different reason than liberals do but um I, I thought mccain needed to retire a long time ago but also they talked to uh senator reich asked him about um the new york times story that came out with an anonymous sources 
Go ahead. You talked with us shortly after February 14th when the New York Times wrote an article that suggested that the uh, Trump campaign was colluding with the Russians. You remember reading that article when it first came out? I do. It was about uh, allegedly extensive electronic surveillance. Correct. Communications. Yes, and and uh, that upset you to the point where you actually went out and surveyed the intelligence community to see whether whether you were missing something in that. Is that correct? That's correct. I want to be careful in open setting. I, I'm, but I, I'm not going to go any further than that. Okay. So thank you. Um, in addition to that, after that, you sought out both Republican and Democrat senators uh, to tell them that, hey, I don't know where this is coming from, but this is not the case. The, the, this is not factual. Do you recall that? Yes. Okay. So, so again, so the American people can understand this, that report by the New York Times was not true. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, in the main, it was not true. We, and again, all of you know this, maybe the American people don't. Yeah. The challenge, and I'm not... In the main, the New York Times article is not true. Let that sink in. Okay, go ahead. The challenge, and I'm not picking on reporters, about writing stories about classified information is the people talking about it often don't really know what's going on, and those of us who actually know what's going on are not talking about it. And we don't call the press to say, hey, you got that thing wrong about this sensitive topic. We just have to leave it there. I mentioned the chairman, the nonsense around... What influenced me to make the July 5th statement? Nonsense. But I can't go explaining how it's nonsense. That was that not, uh, June 5th statement. That was his, his basically going out and, and talking about Hillary Clinton's, uh, the investigation of Hillary Clinton. That is an excellent point he brings up. The people who are talking about confidential information generally don't have all the facts. So I think this is a lesson for us. Uh, as we look into the media, uh, as we see these reports come out, as they're based on classified information uh, from anonymous sources, uh, obviously there's a reason these anonymous sources are anonymous because, well, for one thing, they're not supposed to be leaking information like this. But two, they don't really know. And, and he's and he's absolutely right. The people who do know don't talk because they understand you, do, you don't talk about classified information. You don't leak it to the press. You don't even talk to your spouse about it. I, and th- this is what the, the, leaky, the, the, the leaks um, in D.C. is mind-boggling to me. I, I've obviously never handled classified information. I, I mean, I was in the military, and there was probably some sensitive material that I was in, you know, involved in that we had, uh, troop movement stuff and things like that. But I was never actually in combat, so none of that really got to be too applicable but you know i understood that keep my mouth shut now as i got into the private sector and became a pastor and counseled people and then i worked with juvenile offenders i worked with the juvenile detention in the juvenile detention center where some of the hippo regulations were employed you know employed there were things i learned from kids that i work with that i couldn't even talk to my wife about so just and i didn't and and she knew better than to ask so it just blows my mind how you got these people just flapping their jaws in D.C. about this stuff. Anyway, um, and, and he said, then we can't correct it because, well, <laughs> we can't talk about it. You know, so if you got it wrong, it's not like I said, hey, you got that wrong. I just I can't correct the record. So that's a, that's an excellent point. Um, let's go ahead and play clip four. Paragraph three, you put this in quotes, words matter, 
you wrote down the words so we can all have the words in front of us now. There's 28 words there that are in quotes, and it says, quote, I hope, this is the president speaking, I hope you can see your way clear to letting this go, to letting Flynn go. He is a good guy. I hope you can let this go. Now, those are his exact words. Is that correct? Correct. And you wrote them here and you put them in quotes? Correct. Okay. Um, thank you for that. He did not direct you to let it go. Not in his words, no. He did not order you to let it go. Again, those words are not an order. No. So, he, he later on to, said, well, I felt like it was a directive. That's not proof, folks. Uh, Democrats, I think Democrats were going in there looking for a smoking gun. Just the, the, their, the, the, um, the presupposition going this into this uh, testimony was just shot down big time. Uh, because while it didn't necessarily paint President Trump in a flattering light, um, and it certainly didn't paint uh, Director Comey in a flattering light, I don't think, or the Obama administration. Hopefully, we get a chance to talk about that. Um, if not, if not in the segment, would definitely in the next segment with Jenna Ellis. But it, you know, it, it, there's no, there was no obstruction, and I don't want to ask Jenna about this, but a point of const, you know, constitutional law is like, can the president actually obstruct an investigation? He is the chief executive, after all. He mm-hmm. could just. Stop it, can he? Legally? No. That, I th- wonder. There's a obviously a PR and a political problem with that, but from a legal standpoint, hmm, you know, uh, he he's got the Constitution gives him broad authority, so that'd be interesting uh, to discuss. I want I want to drill down on that with Jenna Ellis. Um, who leaked the memos? That's that's a big question. The, the Comey's memos, and he and these were in depth, and he got praised actually for his for a statement and the way he writes things he's very obviously a trained lawyer so anyway let's play clip uh, number five president tweeted on friday after i got fired that i better hope there's not tapes i woke up in the middle of the night on monday night because it didn't dawn on me originally that there might be corroboration for our conversation there might be a tape and my judgment was i needed to get that out into the public square and so i asked a friend of mine to share the content of the memo with a reporter didn't do it myself for a variety of reasons, but I asked him to because I thought that might prompt the appointment of a special counsel. And so I asked a close friend of mine to do it. And was that Mr. Wittes? No, uh, no. Who was that? A good friend of mine who's a professor at Columbia Law School. So, who leaked? Who leaked? Comey leaked his own memos. Now, there are some Republicans who are saying, he should be jailed. Jailed for what? Leaking your own memos? These notes, these notes, folks, are not classified information. Absolutely not. Now, if he wrote about classified information in the memos, then that that would be a problem. But he didn't. All he did was transcribe to he because uh, he he'd write contemporary uh, contemporaneously right after meeting. He would write jot some notes down so he'd remember key things that President Trump would say, which is actually a good practice if you ever document things you. The sooner you can write them down, the better, obviously. Um, so he'd write these things down. Transcripts of his, of just his you know, dinner conversation about his job and loyalty and things like that. None of that's classified. Now, it could end up, you know, painting. It might be a violation of a non-disclosure agreement. Not that I, I don't think uh, 
you could really President Trump could have his inner circle sign one of those uh, because this is government we're talking about and they, there needs to be transparency. But anyway, interesting, interesting day. Um, and I think both sides were probably, you know, didn't get entirely what they want. But anyway, we'll talk more about this. Uh, as uh, a next segment, as we have Jenna Ellis on, talk about the legal a- 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 um, legal aspects of this uh, testimony, what she thinks. Anyway, hey, this is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back in a moment. Hi, this is Brian Myers of Myers & Associates. If you're involved in maintenance at a manufacturing plant, you know how costly it can be when a machine goes down. And if the reason that machine went down is because the electronic controls on it failed, it can really be problematic if those electronics are obsolete. Well, not to worry. We represent Providence Industrial Electronics Repair, and they can get your machine up and running in no time. They repair boards, drives, servo motors, light curtains, you name it. So if you need industrial electronics repaired at your plant, or if you have other industrial maintenance needs, give me a call at 515-490-2640. That's Myers & Associates, 515-490-2640. Myers & Associates, keeping your operations running. Welcome back, Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is only possible through the generosity of our sponsors. Be sure to check out Travis Rizvold, a modern woodman of America. Call Travis 515-883-0029, and he can help you find the life insurance you you need. need. As well as Caffeinated Thoughts is also sponsored by Crosswalk Ministries with Scott Owen, who offers biblical counseling and conciliation. Contact him at 515-635-5465 or go to Crosswalk Counseling. Dot org online we've got a special guest she's been on her show once before jenna ellis is a law professor at colorado christian university and a fellow at the centennial institute hey welcome to caffeinated thoughts radio jenna thanks so much for having me back it's great to be with you oh very welcome and and so what do you think of comey day what was the <laughs> uh you know um, the, my bottom line for that was that it amounted to a whole lot of kofifi was <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the thought. I mean, it was it was definitely politically partisan. Um, the left definitely did not get what they wanted, which was anything that amounted whatsoever to an impeachable offense or certainly not a crime under the Constitution. Um, it was a lot of political banter. And unfortunately for Comey, um, my respect for him and uh, his credibility definitely was diminished as well. Yeah, I, I think... Um... You know, what I've watched, I didn't get a chance to watch the entire thing, but it just seems like nobody came off looking good. I, I think there were some yeah. things about President Trump that was, you know, didn't paint him in a good light. Uh, Comey certainly uh, <laughs> did not. He seemed kind of vindictive a little bit. I mean, the reason he leaked this to begin with was because he got fired. I mean, would this 
would this even be would we even be having this testimony if he had not been fired um the obama administration didn't look good either uh obviously with uh, loretta lynch and we didn't get a chance to talk about that last segment but you know he he uh, admitted that loretta lynch uh, approached him the former attorney general approached him about the clinton investigation asking him to call it a what's uh looking for my notes here Right, asking him to call it a matter. A matter, rather, right. an, an yeah, an investigation. So we're looking into the Clinton matter. Oh, well. Right. What does that mean? So, <laughs> right, and, then, and, and no one knows. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you, what does, first of all, people were looking like, did President, the primary question is, did President Trump obstruct the investigation to Mike Flynn? Right, and and that, um, well, the Democrats certainly will be probably continuing to look into trying to say that he obstructed justice in some way. Uh, what came out through Comey's testimony, assuming that we can believe him and assuming that he's under oath and taking uh, his testimony on faith, there was nothing um, obstruction of justice by by the president talking to the FBI director and having sympathy for Flynn, but basically saying, um, you know what what he what he did to uh, to Comey. I mean that doesn't amount to obstruction of justice. It was not a direct order. And for Comey, this as the head of the FBI, having dealt with several presidents in the past, to say, well, you know, I mean, I took it this way, but I'm not really sure. And hemming and hawing about it, right? There was nothing definitive whatsoever. And I think you're completely right that it just seemed like he was bitter over getting fired. And while he knew and he. He also never said this amounts to obstruction of justice at all, um, and yet he was still willing to sort of put that out there. Like, well, I kind of, you know, I took it as a as a direction. I wasn't really sure, and this was a intimidating right. setting. It, it, there's no I'm way sure that it, uh, um, any reasonable person would proceed on that. Well, I, I'm sure the being, you know, well, I guess this wasn't the, the Oval Office. He had, he was. I'm trying to remember when he actually had that conversation. That was during dinner, or was that when he was president-elect? Do you remember? Um, I, I believe that that was the one during dinner. Okay. And he had said as well that it was kind of a weird setting that he was called to a dinner with the president. Right, right. Which, you know, that that would be... I, I can... Un- well, no, I can't understand the FBI director who's worked with presidents feeling intimidated by meeting with the president. Uh, for an, for just an you know average Joe like myself, if I you know set foot in the Oval Office, it's like, <gasps> wow, I can't believe I'm here. It's surreal, you know. But for he, you know, he should be like been there, done that. You know, I'm over that. I need to be able to work with these people, so I can't like I can't let this kind of thing bother me. And and saying President Trump saying, well, I hope you could find you know find a way to drop it or what or saying I hope I hope I hope instead, hey, you need you need to drop this. He wasn't direct. Right. And and saying that he hoped something, I mean, he's allowed to hope that um, it comes to light or an investigation proceeds one way. I mean, we're we're all allowed to hope various things. That doesn't mean oh, I thought that, then, you know, I hope I hope means that I'm directing anything. I mean, for me to say in the last election, I hope that President Trump or Donald Trump gets elected doesn't mean that I'm committing some sort of crime by trying to bring that Right into reality. See, I thought the Oval Office is a place where dreams do go to die. But anyway, uh, that's that's a whole different matter. I, just a just a point of constitutional law: Can the president technically 
obstruct an investigation conducted by the FBI, being the chief executive? That's a really interesting question as well, because um, the president can direct the FBI uh, to investigate or not investigate someone. And so where that then falls into obstruction of justice, because the FBI is supposed to be an independent agency, and while the president can direct them in certain um, areas, if there's a pending investigation that involves Trump himself, that then may be more of the obstruction question. So it kind of overlaps because the president can direct the uh, the FBI to investigate or not investigate uh, someone with his executive administrative capacity. And so that also is an interesting question to say, well, if he um, was talking about Flynn and um, as a member of his own administration, that's where if it actually was a direct order, then that may um, be, be closer to obstruction of justice, at which point he might have to assert some of his executive privilege and some of those other things. Right. But um, so even if he had, and there's no evidence at all from Comey's testimony yesterday that he did direct um, Comey to stop investigating, even if he did, that still would, that would not be good, but it would still probably amount to obstruction of justice. Okay. Well, you know, I'm just thinking too, he's like, Hey, you might as well just, even he said, Hey, you might as well just drop it because I've got to pardon the guy anyway. (laughs) which he has obviously the ability to do i mean i think with this comes more pr and political problems than necessarily legal ones but it's an interesting conversation so was it even appropriate for president trump to even talk to speaking of pr uh talk to um um, comey about mike flynn i think so i mean and, and in the context that we have and you know there aren't so far we haven't seen any tapes leaked um we've only seen Comey's Dear Diary sort of right. <laughs> statements that he has now said he's leaked to the media. Um, but to have those types of conversations and, and certainly a request, you know, for loyalty and say, you know, th- th- those types of statements, that isn't in any way inappropriate. And like you said, you know, for, for someone like the FBI director to talk to the president, they work in the federal government. And so to have those types of conversations, um, that's not strange in any way shape or form hey you're listening to captain Eight thoughts radio and on the line we've got jenna ellis who's the law, law professor at colorado christian university and a fellow at the centennial institute uh jenna what are your thoughts about what former director comey said about former attorney general L- loretta lynch i mean was that was lynch's comments to him would that would that be deemed inappropriate should that be investigated more well, you know, I, I think that um, if, for conservatives especially, if you're going to be upset about Loretta Lynch's comments in this context, then then you'd need to be upset about Trump's comments. I mean, I think that there, uh, what Comey was doing is clearly he's, he's bitter about being fired. He's kind of trying to throw everyone under the proverbial bus now. And, um, and well, you know, there could be some more questions or investigation to this. My take generally on the whole thing is that it was just a political mess. It didn't amount to anything that was um, was inappropriate on, on anyone's. And other than Comey himself saying, I was a leaker, I mean, that certainly justified Trump's firing of him, even if Trump didn't know at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, although there was a, a um, tweet out that, that President Trump had um, prior to that saying, you know, hey, he better hope there might not be tapes before he starts leaking to the media. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, 
But I, I, you know, I, I wasn't particularly overly concerned about his statements about Loretta Lynch either. I mean, we all have our thoughts about how she handled um, the whole Clinton investigation mm-hmm. um, and that, or the matter rather. But, um, but ultimately, I didn't think that anything um, particularly in, inflammatory about anyone came out from yesterday's hearing. It was all just a bunch of politics. Yeah. So maybe it's just best just move on from from uh, the Clinton investigation. Let's let's leave that in the past. I think nothing's going to come of that. President Trump has even said he's not going to necessarily press the matter. Um, I, I you know as far as uh, I think Mike Flynn is in trouble. Um, you know he he obviously lied to Vice President Pence, lied to President Trump. Uh, he had some inappropriate contact with with uh, allegedly with Russia that that. Um, led to, I think, some, and also with Turkey, uh, had some in, involvement with Turkey that that I think spilled over into his uh, work with the government. That's he's landed him in some hot water, but he kind of dug his own grave, right? Right, and you know, and it just shows that Trump is a is a kind person to even say, you know, I hope that um, that this doesn't go anywhere, and and as a as a personal friend of uh, Flynn to to have those types of um, considerations for him even at that point. And, you know, yeah, we'll see what ultimately ends up with that. I think he's not in a, Flynn is not in a great position right now. So uh, Comey did make an interesting statement about the New York Times on uh, his conversation with uh, Senator Reich. Uh, I thought that that was very interesting how they how the New York Times got it wrong. And he made a point about classified, you know, stories about classified information he said, "Those who are talking to the press generally don't have all the information, and those that don't talk to the pre- those who do don't talk to the press, and it's not like they can go correct the record." Um, what, do, what what do you think about that? <laughs> right, uh, that should serve as a reminder to all of us that when uh, these media news outlets are, are claiming to have you know unnamed sources who want to be protected. Um, and all that are, are we're probably not getting the full story. And and while you and I need to make sure that we know what's going on in our government, we also need to realize that um, for the vast majority of us, we don't have a security clearance. And so there's definitely right. going to be a lot of things that we just don't know, and that's okay. And so we're probably not getting uh, the full story. And we can, in fact, almost guarantee that we're not getting the full story if it involves matters of national security and those types of things. And that's where trust of the government does um, come into play and, and why we have elections. You're probably giving libertarians heartburn right now. <laughs> Trust the government. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we, right. yeah, we, we don't need to know everything. And, and I think our 24 seven news cycle has not been helpful in that regard. For instance, I remember um, uh, way, way back in the Clinton administration when uh, Marines, when you know, uh, advanced on the beach in Somalia, and press were there to meet them. I'm trying to picture that happening in D-Day. <laughs> you know, right? Things like that just didn't happen um, because the press weren't were kept out of loop, and now it's like the press are involved in everything. And I'm not sure that's always helpful. No, and it's like they're they're having to be a, the fourth arm of government. I mean, the reason that our founders um, established a separation of powers was exactly because. They understood that um, absolute power corrupts and Mm -hmm. also that the government is supposed to maintain accountability of the other branches. And so for 
the senators, um, for example, in Congress who does who do have security clearances, for them to be able to oversee some of these things. If the government is functioning properly, which we all know that it's that it's not currently, we're not living in a um, in federalism in the way it was intended. But how it's intended is uh, for the branches to oversee each other. And that's how it should be. And so if we don't like the current government, um, I trust the Trump administration personally a lot more than I did the eight years of Obama. And if we don't like any of them, um, then that's why the Article 5 Convention is a really great measure to say, you know what, the states need to step in at this point. Jenna, thank you so much. Hey, this is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Brian Myers. When I needed a better life insurance plan, I found it with Travis Rizvold of Modern Woodman of America. When I first met Travis, he wasn't like some other life insurance agents that can be pushy and try to get you to buy something. Travis just made himself available to me. That was it. He told me to let him know if and when I needed anything, and he stayed in touch. When the day came and I did need to make some changes with my life insurance, Travis met with me and walked me through several options so I could make an informed decision. Ultimately, it was the best decision for my situation. So if you need a better or the best life insurance plan for you, call my friend Travis Rizvold with Modern Woodman. His number is 515-883-0029. Travis Rizvold with Modern Woodman. He can help you find the life insurance you need. Call him at 515-883-0029. Every human being has God-given dignity. That's what we believe at American Principles Project. We work in all 50 states and in Washington, D.C. to promote life, religious freedom, local control over education, economic progress for working Americans, and a return to the constitutional principles that make America great. Want to help us out? Visit our website today and sign up for email updates, AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. That's AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, a stimulating look at culture, current events, faith, and politics from a Christian and conservative point of view. We don't just talk on the radio, we blog too. Check us out at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Now grab a cup of coffee and join us. This is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. And welcome back to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. This show is sponsored in part by American Principles Project a conservative political think tank in Washington, D.C. American Principles Project believes that human dignity should be at the heart of public policy. They work in all 50 states and in Washington, D.C. to promote life, religious freedom, and local control of education, over-education, authentic economic progress for working Americans, and a return to constitutional principles, such as federalism. Want to help American Principles Project? Visit their website today, AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. That's American Principles. P-L-E-S project.org. Sign up for their email updates and send a small donation their way. Help them out. They're a great group, and full disclosure, I work with them. Uh, I've worked with them since 2010, and so I can vouch they're a great group because, of course, they've got me. Absolutely. So There you go. Yes. Yes. Hey, <laughs> um, usually I don't pay much attention to nomination hearings, I, I confess, to nomination hearings of deputy directors of any agency. 
But the nomination hearing for Russell Vought this week, who is a Wheaton College alum, who was appointed deputy director of the White House Office of Budget and or Management and Budget, which normally I would think would be a snooze fest, um, got some attention because of comments that U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, good old good old Bernie, Bernie uh, well Russell Vought felt the burn, felt the burn um, during this nomination, and Joe Carter of uh, the Gospel Coalition gives. I wrote about this, but Joe gave some good background. I, I wish, looking reflecting back, I wish I provided the background a little bit more of, of Senator Sanders' uh, question and comments. Um, anyway, I want to read what he wrote, and then we'll play the clip. He said, last year, controversy erupted when a political science professor at Wheaton College decided to wear a hijab during Advent in solidarity with Muslims. In a post on Facebook, uh, Larisha Hawkins wrote, I stand in religious solidarity with Muslims because they, like me, a Christian, are people of the book. And as Pope Francis stated last week, we worship the same God. Uh, just note, Ooh. Wheaton College is an evangelical college, so I'm not sure what Pope Francis had to say about anything uh, that would be held in, I guess, um, especially about something like that. Yeah. That would be held in high regard from a professor at an evangelical university. But anyway... Many Christians disagreed with her claim, including Wheaton alum Russell Vaught. In an article for the conservative website The Resurgent, Vaught pushed back against the defense of Hawkins made by theologian John Stackhouse. Having a deficient theology of God, Stackhouse said, does not mean you are not an actual prayerful and faithful relationship with God. I see a lot of problems with that. Um, Absolutely. To this claim, Vought responded, Muslims do not simply have a deficient theology. They do not know God because they've rejected Jesus Christ, his son, and they stand condemned. Well, if you are a follower of Christ, this is not, this should not be a controversial statement. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a basic, basic tenet. Yeah, but in the thought police... That's it's a problem, as as Vought found out when he felt the burn. Go ahead and play clip eight. And that is in the piece that I referred to that you wrote for a publication called Resurgent. You wrote Muslim quote: Muslims do not simply have a deficient theology; they do not know God because they have rejected Jesus Christ, His Son, and they stand condemned. End of quote. Do you believe? Do you believe that that statement is Islamophobic? Absolutely not, Senator. I'm a Christian, and I believe in a Christian set of principles based on my faith. Uh, That post, as I stated in the questionnaire to this committee, was to defend my alma mater, Wheaton College, a Christian school that has a statement of faith that includes the centrality of Jesus Christ for salvation. And Again, I apologize. I do Forgive me. We just don't have a lot of time. Do you mm-hmm. believe that people in the Muslim religion stand condemned? Is that your view? Again, Senator, I'm a Christian, and I wrote that piece. Well, what does that say? The statement of faith. We I God. understand that. I don't know how many Muslims there are in America. I really don't know. Probably a couple of million. Are you suggesting that all of those people stand condemned? What about Jews? They stand condemned too. Senator, I'm a Christian. I, I understand you are a Christian. But this country is made up of people who are not just. I understand that Christianity is the majority religion. But there are other people who have different religions in this country and around the world. In your judgment, do you think that people who are not Christians are going to be condemned? 
Thank you for probing on that question. As a Christian, I believe that all individuals are made in the image of God and are worthy of dignity and respect regardless of their religious beliefs. I believe that, that as a Christian, that's how I should treat all individuals. And do you think your statement that you put into that publication, they do not know God because they rejected Jesus Christ the Son and they stand condemned, do you think that's respectful of other religions? Senator, I wrote a post based on being a Christian and attending a Christian school that has a statement of faith that speaks clearly with regard to the centrality of Jesus Christ in salvation. I would simply say, Mr. Chairman, that this nominee um, is really not someone who is what this country is supposed to be about. I will vote no. So, Bernie Sanders is ignorant of the Constitution. How is he ignorant of the Constitution? Article 6, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution says... But no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. He just made it clear he was voting no because of his theological belief. That's unconstitutional. Now, I can do that as a voter, but to as a U.S. senator whose job is to you know advise and consent nominees, you can't knock out somebody from public office in that role because of their faith. And you imagine Democrats doing that if a Republican said that about a Muslim nominee? They go through the roof. They go through the roof. He's also obviously unfamiliar with Christian orthodoxy. There's very little disagreement that Jesus Christ salvation comes through Jesus Christ. Eastern Orthodox believes it. Evangelicals believe that. Catholics believe that. Mainline Protestants, well, <laughs> some do, some don't. Dep- <laughs> depends. Um, John three and, and, and this, this exclusive truth claim about, you know, uh, somebody standing condemned if they don't believe in Jesus. Well, that's what the Bible says. And, and Mr. Vaught writing as a private citizen in the resurgent, a private, you know, article about his alma mater, who that's a private Christian college was just restating that theological position. I don't know what that has to do with the White House Office of Management and Budget. Uh, I don't think this belief is going to come into play at all (laughs) in his role there. Other than the fact that he might have higher integrity than someone else? Possibly. But John 3, 16 through 18, you know, is very clear. Uh, John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one can come to the Father but through me. I guess Jesus was a bigot. (laughs) You know? Um, uh, Bernie Sanders is ignorant of American history. Uh, for this is for a lot of our founders, this was a foundational belief that salvation comes through Jesus Christ. So he's just ignorant of a lot of things, um, obviously. But we, you know, this is not notwithstanding his socialism, but he uh, uh, he just doesn't have a clue. And this was not Islamic phobic here. For one thing, Muslims don't believe I'm going to heaven. If they're a faithful Muslim, I don't follow the five pillars of Islam. That makes me a lousy Muslim. How in the world can I make it into their paradise? I don't believe they have a paradise, but anyway, and this is this, this postmodern mindset that, 
everybody's right. Nobody's wrong. Well, everybody, everybody except the person who makes exclusive truth claim, but even though they forget, Muslims make exclusive truth claims all the time. There's a reason they call Christians infidels, by the way. Hey, this is Caffeinate Thoughts. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment. You're pretty sure you know why he treated you that way, or do you? I'm Scott Owen with Crosswalk Ministries of Central Iowa, and it's time to pause for peace. Assuming the motives and interests of others is a great way to fan the flames in a conflict. Such bias tends to impact our words, attitudes, and actions. But what if you spent more time and energy really trying to understand the potential interests this person has? Try giving him the benefit of the doubt and look for wholesome or at least neutral motives. Seeking to understand another person allows you to approach him with a spirit of gentleness that God commands in Galatians 6.1. You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. The next time you are in a conflict, employ the peacemaker pause principle. The letter U is for understand the other party's interests. If you are confused about another person's motives, call 515-635-5465 to set up a free consultation or visit our website at crosswalkcounseling.org. Again, that number is 515-635-5465. I just want to keep letting that play. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Home stretch. Last segment. I just want to thank all of you who listen. By the way, if you missed any of the last discussion, for instance, with uh, Jenna Alice uh, in second segment or discussion about the Comey Day first segment, be sure to check out all of our podcasts. We got them all. We have them all archived at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Go to caffeinatedthoughts.com. Click over on CT Radio. It's a link up at the top. And you get to see every single podcast uh whether you want them or not they're there there's some good ones too folks there are a few good ones yeah absolutely well hey and also don't forget to like us on facebook and follow us on twitter because you know that's how a lot of our our information gets shared actually through social media uh definitely get more traffic on the website from facebook than any other source so we appreciate those who do that hey due to the sheer nature or sheer volume, excuse me, a material we have available because the leader of the free world loves Twitter. Today, once again, we're ending the show with the top Trump tweet of the week brought to you by Myers and Associates, serving the Midwest with industrial maintenance products and services. Call them at 515-795-3676. Myers and Associates, keeping your operations running. Without further ado, the top Trump tweet of the week. <laughs> I actually had to replace what I had in my notes because, well, you gotta when you wake up each morning, you gotta see what President Trump tweeted out, and I forgot to check till I got the studio. So his <laughs> his tweet today supplants everything I had. Uh, fortunately, he did not live tweet the Comey hearing, Comey testimony, as he threatened to. Somebody must have stolen his phone, or somehow kept him busy enough. He stayed yeah. off Twitter. 
Wisely um, so, because probably. yeah, his his tweets yesterday were pretty tame. Um, there were a couple, and and they were all about. Uh, I think there was actually one. It was about some sort of event he was at. But this morning at five ten a.m. This is Friday morning. Despite so many false statements and lies, total and complete vindication. And wow, Comey is a leaker. Now, as I said before in the first segment, he leaked his own memos. All right. So it's not like he leaked classified information. There's no evidence that Comey leaked classified information. Um, I'm not sure everything Comey said was a false statement. I think Comey said what, you know, leaked because of, you know, being fired. Um, and I think he was angry about that. Uh, but no, from what we know about Donald Trump, loyalty is a very important thing. And we didn't talk about this, but no. personally, I think it's inappropriate to indicate to to let the the FBI director know, hey, I expect people to be loyal. There's supposed to be some quasi independence with the FBI director. Now, obviously, and Comey st- said in his his uh, statement, um, his for his opening remarks to. The, the Senate Intelligence Committee, I recognize I serve at the pleasure of the president. That doesn't need to be said. He knows any president can fire him for any reason. Um, so, which is what kind of what made that conversation, he said, made that conversation with Trump so strange. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to, he said, I can't be reliable in a political sense. I wouldn't want the FBI director to be like that. Mm-hmm. I want them to be nonpartisan. And, yep. And and it's really up until like this last year, Comey's actually been barely. I think I think he's been pretty good. He's got a good reputation. I know we we've had a former U.S. Attorney Matt Whitaker on a few times on the show, and he's talked about Comey, whom he knows personally and has a great respect for. Um, so I, you know, uh, this last year has been, I'm sure, very difficult for him. And and anyway, hey, we're out of time already. Wow. That was fast. Uh, that went fast. Anyway, that's our top, top, top Trump tweet of the week. This is Caffeinated Thoughts. Catch you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>